Good evening, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me for another midweek service right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. It is Thursday night, so we are here live with you at the church, and I'm ready to get into God's Word. I want to first of all say that we love you guys so very much and stay encouraged. When you go out and about, make sure you uh, practice social distancing and keep your hands washed. Use a sanitizer uh, when, when possible. We know the Lord Jesus has you divinely covered and you're dwelling in God's secret place. And along with that, we also want to practice wisdom. Just be wise. Amen. All right. And before we uh, exit tonight, we're going to take communion, communion together. So make sure you get your communion elements. Uh, you can pause it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get your communion uh, elements, bread, crackers, whatever you have, water, grape juice would be great. And uh, we're going to take communion together as we close out tonight's service. OK, I really want to do this every time we meet. Before we get started, we're going to have a word of prayer. And then, of course, I'm going to blow our shofar. Hallelujah. We talked about this on Sunday, and there's a whole lot of information about the shofar online. I'll just say to you tonight, it is God's way of, of bringing his people together, uh, sounding the alarm in times of war. And again, it's, it's an instrument used for gathering God's people. It's an instrument used for worship as well. So there's a whole lot of information about the shofar online. Don't want to go into all of that tonight, but I will blow it tonight as we pray. And then we'll get into the word. All right. Matter of fact, I'm going to blow it. Then we pray. And then we do the word. Let's do it. the sound of the shofar. Hallelujah. And we're going to uh, continue to do that every time we meet as we do always at the church. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us to gather around your word. Lord, we pray tonight that you would speak expressly by your spirit, that you would lead us into all truth, show us things to come. Lord, I ask for grace tonight upon uh, the hearer, grace tonight upon the teacher, and Lord, that we would now leave this night just built up and encouraged. Teach us tonight, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, let's get into the word of God. So we've been talking Wednesday night, started, um, not Wednesday night, Thursday nights now. We've been talking about uh, having peace in the midst of a storm, peace in the storm. And this is part number two. Now, for those of you that are active members in the ministry, we usually have services on Wednesday night, but during this time, I've moved them to Thursday. It's just a little bit easier for me. So we'll be here while this time is going on on Thursday, and then when everything settles back down, we'll move it right back to Wednesday, okay? All right, peace in the midst of the storm, or peace in the storm, this is part number two. Now, we're going to start tonight in Matthew, the uh, 14th chapter. And I'm going to read to you, uh, read for you verses 22 through 33. And I'm going to read it for you or to you out of the uh, King James Version. Now, you'll see here that Jesus is about to walk um, 
about to walk on water. We've heard that before, right? And when Jesus comes to the disciples in the middle of the night and he walks on the water and great things happen. Tonight, I'm going to show you how to walk on your water, but it is not just walking on the water. It is walking in the midst of a storm. Uh, let me go ahead and read it and then we'll go further. All right. Matthew 14, verse 22 through 33. And it says this out of the King James Version. And it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a, into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Oh, isn't that awesome? That's amazing. Jesus walked on the water, and for a measure of time, Peter did too. Now, there is so much that we can say about this case of Scripture. So much. I mean, it's just, it's teeming. It just has so much that we're going to have to unpack it. But one thing I wanted to, 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 uh, to explain to you or to share with you is the reason why Jesus was able to walk on the water. How was he able to do that? Remember, the disciples were just in the middle of their own storm here. The Bible says in verse number 24, it says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. The word contrary means uh, over against. It means opposite. That means the disciples were trying to go that way, but the wind was pushing them this way. You know, it was pushing them back. No matter how much they rowed, they were toiling and rowing. Another, uh, it says also in another gospel of this account, they were toiling and rowing. They were really rowing really hard. But the more they tried to move forward, they kept being pushed back. Does that sound familiar to you? The more you try to get ahead, it seems like everything else is trying to push you back. The moment they stopped rowing, I'm sure they started to go back. The wind was pushing them. The wind was pushing them, trying to prevent them from moving forward. 
The Bible says that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. So it could be said that as Jesus sent them on this mission to go over unto the other side, they got in the boat to follow the orders or the instructions of the Lord Jesus. And while they're in the boat trying to go over, it seems like all of this is pushing against them. The air, the wind, and another definition for um, wind or is breath, and breath is spirit. So it seems like the spirits, if you will, were pushing the disciples backward as they were trying their best to move forward. So they've been out there toiling and rowing, really just having a horrible time uh, just about all night when they finally see Jesus walking on the water to them. Now, there's just so much. We, we're, we're definitely going to need some grace to get into all of this. All right, let's try. So here's Jesus. He comes to them walking on the water, right? And the Bible says that they were afraid, that they were terrified, and they thought he was a spirit. Why was that? Now, they had just seen Jesus a few moments ago, you know, or a few hours ago. But now when they see him again, they think that he's a spirit. They think that he's a ghost. Why? Because from their perspective, they're all panicking. They're all in turmoil in the midst of the storm, right? Uh, things are pushing them back and they're really trying as hard as they can to move forward, to press forward. They're really having a horrible time, a rough time. They're fear, they are uh, fearful. But here comes Jesus walking. The Bible says walking, not running, not skipping or hopping. He is walking. And walking denotes a measure of peace. So Jesus is at peace and he is at rest as he simply walks on the water. Walks on the water. He's at peace and he's at rest. So they see a different Jesus. They see someone that is different. They see someone that is not caught up in the panic, someone that is not caught up in the hysteria, someone that is not frustrated, someone that is not aggravated, someone that is not uh, murmuring and complaining. Oh, it seems like no matter how hard I try, I just can't get ahead. I just can't get ahead. I just can't do this thing. It seems like the devil's always at me. Is somebody getting this? Oh, and so they see Jesus full of peace, walking. They were frightened because this is different. This is different. He's not full of panic and fear and all of that and dread. He's just at peace. And you'll notice at the very end of this that as Jesus and Peter walked to the boat and they got on the boat, there was an immediate calm. In other words, the force of peace that was in Jesus now feel the atmosphere all around them. When they took in the Prince of Peace, when they invited Jesus in their boat, what happened? Their boat um, transformed into a place of peace a place of rest. That's exciting, isn't it? So they thought Jesus was something else. And in effect, he was. He wasn't, now, Jesus was in the, walking on the same water. Uh, you know, they were in the boat, he was on the water. 
The same wind was pushing him too. He was feeling the same wind, but he was walking, able to walk through it because he had peace and because he is the son of peace, the prince of peace. And that's what he wants to, to give to you and I. Remember, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my father, because I go unto my father. Now, that greater works could be walking on the water. Sure, sure it could. But right now, I would almost say the greater miracle could be you in the midst of your storm having comforting peace on the inside and able to go through it successfully. Sometimes the Lord will stop it immediately. Then sometimes the Lord will pull you out of it. Then sometimes we're just going to have to go through it. Go through it. Remember, Jesus said that you are the light of the world. He said a, a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. He said uh, men don't light a candle and put it under a bushel. No, but they put it on a candle stand. They put it on the tabletop so that it may give light to all those that are in the room. He said, let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. You and I are living in dark times at this moment, dark, desperate times. And people are looking for light and light is hope. Light is faith. Light is love. They are looking for an answer. They're looking for a solution. And you're the ones who bring the light of God. You will bring hope, hope to your home, hope to your community, your coworkers, your classmates, those that you are around in the store. I know, again, God's light in you cannot be hidden. This peace in the midst of panic, in the midst of of, of devastating things going on and you have peace in the midst of it all. My God, that speaks volumes when you walk into the store or in the convenience store or to the gas pump or where you have to go and you walk in. I believe God that you will carry the peace of God with you. Hallelujah. You'll walk in with peace. And when you step into the room, like Jesus stepped into the boat, when you step into the room, I believe the peace of God will accompany you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. God's peace will arrive with you. You'll take it with you. And that peace will bring comfort to all those that are around you. You say, well, that's far-fetched. I don't believe that happened. Well, we can always go back and see these things in the negative. Am I right about it? If somebody comes in with a nasty, horrible attitude or full of hate, you can feel the atmosphere shifting when they come in the room. Or how about this? If, if you walk into a place, and I did this one particular time, uh, uh, this particular couple had asked me to come over and pray with them. And I came over, and before I got there, they were cussing and a fussing in the house, cussing and a fussing. And when I walked in, boy, I could tell something's going on in here. What is happening here? You don't have to be super spiritual. Hmm? There's an atmosphere. People carry atmospheres with them. So we can see this thing in the negative, but can you see it through the positive? You will carry the atmosphere of heaven. You will carry the light of God in the midst of darkness. And let me tell you something. The greatest use of a flashlight is not in the middle of the day, but it's at night. 
It's when the power goes out. That's when you start searching for your flashlight. When the lights go out, that's when you start searching for the matches or for the candles. I'm telling you, now is your season. Because as the Bible declares there in Isaiah 60, I believe in verse number one, he says, the Lord says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And then it talks about darkness covering the earth and gross darkness to people. But it's time for your light. It's time for you to stand in boldness and in courage and not to be overtaken by the fear and panic of this world. I'm telling you, child of God, this is your finest hour hallelujah you are alive for such a time as this to show the light of Christ to be a part of the answer hallelujah and I believe with all my heart my God not only will you bring the peace of God with you I believe you'll also bring the cure with you glory to God I believe when you get into that environment the spirit of God by supernatural means will begin to minister to the people and their fears will begin to diminish hallelujah and if anyone is sick in that place I believe that you will be able to declare by the stripes of Jesus I declare you healed in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And I believe that these signs and wonders will follow them that believe. This is your finest hour. The world is looking for hope. And if not now, when? If all your Christianity, all, if it, all of it amounts to just coming to church and reading your Bible a little bit and, and saying Christian phrases, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed and highly favored. If that's all it amounts to, then what good is it? The world needs hope. The world needs Christ with a real body of Christ. Please stand up and take your place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So if you feel your, yourself fearful, and it's time to get into the word. It's time to invite the Prince of Peace into your heart and into your life. Oh, I'm excited. I'm, <laughs> oh my God, I'm excited. And we haven't even really gotten to the, the real meat of this yet. So let's look at this one more time. This is so thrilling. Are, are you really getting this tonight? Oh, this is so thrilling. I'm excited for Jesus. I'm excited. Now notice, we, there are a few other things we can say here. Uh, I'm telling you, the reason, verse 22, listen to this too. Uh, it says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent a multitude away. Now the word constrain there means to compel. It means it means uh, drive to. <laughs> he, had to. He had to drive them. It also means to necessitate. He, so he had to say, boys, go ahead now. Get on that ship. Go ahead and get on, get on the boat now. Go to the other side. Y'all go ahead. I'm going to send the people away. Y'all go ahead. He had to drive them. He had to compel them. He had to constrain them. Y'all go ahead. So it's like the disciples did not want to go uh, they didn't want to leave Jesus. They didn't, and, and, and who wouldn't understand that, that you didn't want to leave the Lord? Hallelujah. But it wasn't 
there was more to it than that because from last week, remember, I believe, was it in Matthew, Matthew 6 we were just in on last week when uh, the Lord Jesus was in the boat with the disciples on that same body of water and there was a storm that came up. We just talked about that, right? And they wake Jesus and said, Master, don't you care? We're going to die. You know, and so that traumatic experience still uh, hovering over their heads. We've been out in that water before. We've been out there before. And uh, we know the type of warfare that awaits us there. And the Bible says Jesus had to constrain them. You guys go ahead. You got all that you need. Go ahead. Go to the other side. Go to the other side. And so, again, he had to constrain them. Go ahead. Get in the boat. Go. You got it. And I mean, that tells us many different things. Serving the Lord is not always comfortable. It is not always easy either. But it is something that he has called us to do. Glory to God. It is something that he has empowered us to do, that he has graced us to do. Because even as they were toiling in the middle of the night, they saw a fresh picture of Jesus. They'd never seen Jesus this way before. Glory to God, are you getting this? And listen, sometimes it requires hardness. Uh, we'll go through different things so that the Lord will reveal himself to us in a different way. So that he will stretch out his glory over your life. And you'll see that he's a healer, he's a provider. No, Jesus did not cause the storm, but he used the storm to show them another part of himself. And God will use this experience that you're going through now to show you another part of himself. He is the healer. He is a provider. He is a way maker. He is a doctor in a sick room. He is a lawyer in the courtroom. Hallelujah. God will do it for you, glory. You just have to put your faith and trust in him. Hold on, child of God. Hold on to God for dear life. Glory to God. Because right now he's revealing himself to you in a new and a fresh way. While you're right there at home, right where you are, you've been there for a while, some of you. And while you're there, don't just spend your hours vegging out or, or binging out on television. Get in a quiet place and talk to your father. Because he is preparing you for something great. I'm telling you, there's an end time harvest of souls that's right now that we're on the verge of it. We're on the verge of revival. Anytime the world seeks for answers, anytime the world seeks for a cure, they're going to have to look for God. Anytime the world's in darkness, they're going to look for it. They're going to look for the light. They're going to look for Christ because he is the answer. Jesus is the answer. He is the light. They're searching and they're seeking for him. And we've got to make sure that we're ready by the grace of God to welcome all of those into the family of God. Glory to God in the highest. So make sure you share these type of videos. You share these encouraging words. Make sure you do your part to welcome, welcome them into the family of God because this is the joy life. Hallelujah. Yes, there's panic all around us, all around us. 
but there's joy in our hearts. There's peace in our hearts. Psalm 91, right? He said, only with your eyes shall you see and behold the reward of the wicked. What does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about that this Sunday, as a matter of fact. So make sure you watch the live stream. A portion of that means that you'll see it, but you won't be a part of it. You'll see the devastation, but you won't be a part of it. A thousand shall fall at your side and, and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. All that's in Psalm 91. All that's in Psalm 91. Make sure you uh, stay apart and, uh, and get into that series and let it bless you richly. Our time is about gone. Glory to God. Let's see if we can get just one or two more points in this and we'll pick up on next time. Now, as Jesus is there with the disciples, of course, he uh, he's in the boat with them now, of course, and the storm has subsided and they go ahead and worship him. Now, let's back up a little bit more. When Peter puts out his filler, his um, feeler, so to speak, and says, Jesus, if if that's really you. Give me a command, bid me come unto you on the water. And for a measure of time, Peter did, he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. And I've heard so many, so many people, people, peeper, uh, uh, new word, huh? I've heard so many people begin to rag on Peter. Well, you should have stayed in the boat, Peter. You should have stayed in the boat, you old rascal. Everybody else in the boat, you should have stayed in the boat too. Then you wouldn't have had this sinking experience. But I really can't get with that because Peter is the only other man in history that I know about that has ever walked on water. Wasn't it worth having that experience to walk with Jesus on the water? He did do it. Now, Jesus said he had a little faith. And look at that. It, that walking on the water only required a little faith. Glory. Hallelujah. How many times have you tried? I've tried to walk on water before and I just blew, blew like a rock, you know, but I didn't have the word that Peter had come a word from God. Peter didn't step out on the water. He stepped out on the word. It was the word of Christ, the word of God that made a solid foundation. So when Peter put his big toe down, he was feeling the word. He was stepping out on the word, stepping out on the word. It wasn't the water holding up, holding him up. It was the word of God. It was what Jesus said. Peter said, hey, Lord, if that's you, bid me come unto you. Command me to come. Give me a command. Give me a word. Give me a word for this season. Give me a word that will, that will allow me to walk on my storm. Give me a word that will allow me to get out of the boat of panic and move toward peace. Oh my God, are you hearing that? Lord Jesus, I need a word in this hour. The Bible says that he, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And that's exactly what happened to Peter because it's just, just a little bit earlier than that, a little bit before that, what happened? He was in a boat with the others. Oh, I can't get ahead. Oh, this is too hard. The devil's always at me. I can't seem to save enough money. I can't seem to have a good relationship. It's, I can't seem to this. Just before that, he was toiling and rowing and in panic and in some type of hysteria with the rest of them. But now he's out of the boat. Glory to God. And the question is, how soon do you want out? Mm, I feel that. How soon do you want out of this? 
Because as Peter was walking closer to Jesus, guess what happened? He was walking closer to peace. <laughs> he was walking closer to the atmosphere of peace all around Jesus. Lord, if that's you, I want what you got. Glory. If that's you, Jesus, I want what you got. I want to go where you are. Hallelujah. I want to go where you are. And for a measure of time, he was walking on that water. He was walking on faith. He was walking on Jesus' word. But what happened? Why did he begin to sing? The Bible says that when he saw the wind, let's go ahead. Oh my God, let's read that. Oh my God, are you really? Oh my God, I'm so glad you decided to, to come tonight. Glory to God, I, I'm so dis excited. You know, you're, mm, we've got a good thing going. Glory, glory, glory. All right, let's, um, let's go ahead and find that. All right, let's look at, we'll start at verse 28. And then we have to close out and have communion in a second. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come, right? Um, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He wasn't going to anywhere else. He was going to Jesus. Glory to God. Doing the impossible, mastering. He, at this point, Peter was a master of the storm, walking on it. He was doing it. But listen, but, oh, verse 30 starts off with the but. Remember, so much uh, the important things come after the but, and this is a big but here. <laughs> and verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Did you see that? I just saw something. I just saw, I feel like running in place. Go ahead and run in place. Oh my God. I just, mm, did you see that? Let's read that again. But when he saw the wind boisterous, when he saw the wind, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. All right, grab a hold of that. He could walk on faith. He could walk on the word until he allowed fear to come in. When he allowed fear to come in because of what he saw, it robbed him of his faith. His faith no longer worked when he welcomed fear in the front door. Hmm? Fear will rob you of your faith. It will rob you of your ability to do the supernatural. It will rob you of your ability to be the master of your storm. Don't allow fear to come in. Now, how did fear come in? Fear came in through what he saw. Is fear coming into your life based on what you see? You see the news and, and fear comes in, these social media posts and, and fear comes in. Are you allowing fear to come in the front door? Fear, when he saw it, he became afraid. But once he, but as he focused on Jesus, are you hearing? As he focused on Jesus, there was no fear. But he took his eyes off of Jesus. He, talk, he took his eyes off of the word of God. Jesus is the word of God made manifest. Amen. So he was all standing on the word, walking on the word of Christ, going toward the word with the word of God in full view. And as long as he was doing that, he was able to master the storm, to be at perfect peace in the midst of chaos and corruption. Right? But he took his eyes off of the Lord. 
and fear came in. See, it's either one of two. It's either you're standing in fear or rather you're, you're standing in faith, should I say. It's either you're standing in faith or you're sinking in fear. Yeah, it's either you're walking in faith, living by faith, or you're sinking, sinking because of fear. Well, of course, he at least got close enough to Jesus for Jesus to reach out and grab him. I'm not sure how many steps Peter took, how far Jesus was away from them. I don't know, but he got close enough for Jesus to rescue him and say that simple prayer, two, two words, save me. And Jesus did just that. Oh, my friends, that was just so awesome. We could go on all night long in this word, and there's still so much more I want to show you. We st I still haven't gotten to some of the, oh, but we're going to try to do it again tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night. Next Thursday night, we're going to try to go at it again next Thursday night. So you be back with me. Tell a friend about the broadcast, and, and we're going to have a great time together. Glory to God. Now it's time for us to go ahead and, and have commun communion together. So if you haven't had a chance to go get your elements, go ahead and do it. Pause it. I'll wait. You got it yet? You ready? <laughs> All right, good. All right. Uh, you got your bread or your cracker or what have you. And we're going to honor the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as is written in Exodus, the 12th chapter, uh, Jesus is our Passover lamb. He is the fulfillment of the Passover. And uh, this was a part of the celebration that the Lord Jesus uh, implemented for the body of Christ uh, during what we call the Last Supper. And uh, we'll go more into that later, should the Lord be willing. But we want to have communion together and honoring his body and honoring his blood. We're discerning the body and blood of Jesus in this time. Because remember, in Exodus 12, that's what this, this, what this is a picture of, this communion it's a picture of Exodus 12 when um, disease was going from house to house. Plagues were going from house to house. Remember that? God said this is a final plague here. And plague is disease, pestilence, right? Uh, we would say today virus. And it was going from house to house creating some form of death. It seems like that just every day. But the Lord said when you eat the flesh of the lamb, and you apply his blood to the doorposts and sideposts of your house, he said um, that that death will pass over. It will not enter into your home. Also found there in Psalm 91 too, um, Psalm 91 as well. So make sure you check that out. All right, you ready? Let's do this. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken for us on our behalf. We break it. We thank you for the stripes that were inflicted upon the body of Jesus. And we declare that by his stripes, we are healed. So, Lord, as as your beloved and I come before you tonight, Lord, we receive healing for our bodies. We declare it is by the stripes of Jesus. We are and were healed. That healing is our is our right. Healing is the children's bread. It belongs to us. So, Father, we declare healing for us and healing for our family. And Lord, if anyone is sick around us, as a matter of fact, my friend, right now, I want you to begin to pray for anyone that you know of that is sick. 
sick by way of virus or, or cancer or whatever it is, if they are sick in any way, go ahead and call their names out before the Lord and claim their healing right now. So Father, we think on them right now and we declare by the stripes of Jesus as we hold the body of Christ, as we hold the body of Jesus in our hands, we declare that they are healed. We stand in the gap and we make up the hedge. We intercede for them. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've accomplished for us with your body. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Let's eat all of it. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on our behalf. Ah, Jesus makes us righteous to stand in your presence. Lord, we thank you that through this blood, we have overcoming power. For we've overcome the devil, overcome this world, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony and not loving our lives unto death. We declare that the enemy is defeated through this blood that we are sanctified, healed, and delivered through your blood. And Lord, we receive the New Testament, which is, filled with, which, are filled with, which is filled with better promises than that of the old. We receive grace and truth that has come through Jesus Christ. And we declare that because of the blood of Jesus, we are saved, we're healed, we're delivered. And that this thing, this death, this virus, these diseases, that are going through the land, random acts of, of terror or of shootings, we declare that these things must pass over our families. So Lord, as we partake of this, we think about and we pray about our family members. So go ahead and if you know someone that's really going through a terrible time, go ahead and just lift their names up before the Lord. Just call their names out before the Lord. Lord, we thank you for them. As I pray over all of the members of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, of my family, and of Kingdom Rock, and of our online community, Lord, I remember them now in prayer, and I ask you to cover them with the precious blood of Jesus, and I declare that through his blood, through the blood of Jesus, that spirit of death passes over. We're, we remember what you did, Lord Jesus. Say with me, Lord, I remember, and we drink all of it. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death, his burial, his resurrection, until he comes again. We say, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Woo, I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Well, before we go, I want to play the shofar again one more time. We're going to begin, begin and end with the sounding of the shofar. My God. The Holy Spirit is all, thank you, Holy Spirit. He is just all in here. And I pray that you are richly blessed um, by uh, today's service. I really do. Now, don't forget to go to our website uh, at kingdomrock.org. There you can find so many other messages and uh, videos that are there, audio messages, uh, podcasts. All of it is free. It's, it's our way of investing into you. It definitely did cost us here to make these productions, but it is free to you because we want you to be enriched and inspired by God's rich word. Now, if you are blessed, we ask you to please uh, just, hit the, just hit the give button 
and uh, just be generous. Be as generous as you can to help support the ministry so that we may continue on doing the work of Christ Jesus. Amen. And as we say here, when you give, people live. (laughs) That's so true. All right. All right. Well, here we go. Let's do it again. I just love doing that. Oh, my God. All right, my friends. Until next time. Oh, yes. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you this Sunday, 10 a.m., and we're going into the next part of Psalm 91. I think we're going into part number five officially. And then the following week, we'll go back into the pulpit and we'll do even more. We'll love you guys. See you next time.